So today I'm going to be answering one of the most popular questions I ever get. If I had a quid for every time I was asked this question, I wouldn't even need to work. And that is the question of what email service provider do I personally recommend for small businesses? But before I get round to answering that, I have to tell you that there is just two days left to buy a ticket for the email challenge. The email challenge will get started on Monday. Monday morning, you will have your first prompt in your inbox and you will be in the private Instagram account and interacting with me and getting up to scratch and smashing email marketing for your business. Uh, we start on Monday. Tickets will be removed at 5pm on Friday the 25th. God, I should really look that up before I start talking. But I'm not going to sales pitch. Let's get into the question. I get it so many times. And I'm just going to have to start this out with a bit of a caveat that you're probably not going to like the answer. So, sales pitch over, intro over. There's going to be a couple of changes on the podcast, actually, which I'll tell you about at the end. Um, but for right now, let's answer the question of... What is the best email service provider to use for small businesses? Let's go. Okay, so I genuinely get this com this question more times than I would care to admit. And I get it, it can be scary. There are so, 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 so many options. And as humans, when we're presented with too many options, we just don't know what the hell to do. So... Some people will do nothing. Some people will take a punt and go for one. Some people will research. Now, as I said just before, you're probably not going to like the answer. And let me tell you why. What works for one person, what works for me, what works for all of my clients, what works for anybody that joined the e-commerce accelerator, what works for them isn't necessarily going to work for you. So before I go through and just give you my personal opinion, so everything that, as always, I babble about on the podcast is my personal opinion, uh, not influenced by anybody else or anything like that. It's just from experience, working with these platforms and all that kind of jazz. Um, and you're allowed to disagree with them. I'm okay with it. But before I jump into that, it's just about, you know... It's so easy to look at somebody and go, oh, they're smashing it, or they're a success, or their emails are amazing, or um, they made X amount of money from email. You can do that. What's it really going to achieve? Until you kind of get stuck in, get started, try something, and, you know, I can only make the assumption that you're probably listening to this podcast because you, you don't really know where to start. So hopefully you'll have a better idea at the end of it. But please, 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 I implore you, feel free to drop me a DM and just say, this is my business. What platform would you recommend? I'm fully happy and happy to help, like, if it helps you just get started. But don't think that because there's 600 different options that, fuck it, you should just not do anything. Or that because that girl over there uses MailChimp, that's what I should use. It doesn't work like that. And in this episode, I haven't written a script for this one. I've barely got any bullet points. So it's going to be a bit of a babble, not going to lie. I think it already is. But <laughs> here we are, we move. So let's talk about email service providers. So the general gist when I think when people ask me this is it's because they've 
gone away and Googled and they've fallen into that pit of, well, there's this one, there's MailChimp, there's Clavio, there's ActiveCampaign, there's MailerLite, there's ConvertKit, there's Flowdesk, and there's all of these different options. And when you don't have any experience with these kinds of things, you don't really know what one is, quote unquote, best, right? And like I said, there isn't one best platform. It's about finding what works for you. So let's start at the beginning. MailChimp has been, for as long as I can remember, the most popular ESP around. And brute honesty, I think that's just because they were really good at their marketing at a time that it's now paying off for them. So back in the day, and I'm quote unquote back in the day, a good, you know, five, six, seven years ago, everybody I knew, every man and his dog was using MailChimp. And I get it. So it's relatively low cost. I mean, they all generally are, but it's relatively low cost. Um, it did what it said on the tin. And I think for me personally, I'm not a fan. I have two clients on it at the minute that you know, it's their platform of choice. That's absolutely fine. I use it weekly, if not daily at the minute, actually. And, you know, it it does what it's meant to do. But in terms of my personal opinion, I just think they've gone from, and it kind of happened over the last maybe year or two, they've gone from being really good at being an email service provider to wanting to solve all of your problems, tick all of the boxes, do all of the things for all businesses. And I just don't get along with platforms that do that. I can't really tell you why, but I just don't. I would much rather have 10 different platforms that are so incredibly shit hot at what they do than one platform that tries to do it all. Because just like in your business, you you know, if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none, right? We've all heard that saying. I feel like that most days, to be honest. But here we are. Um, so with MailChimp, there is a free plan. Um, but there's, with every platform, what you're going to find is there's going to be uh, caps. There's always going to be kind of ceilings or stopping points. So things that you have to think about in terms of what works for you is your budget. You know, how much can you afford to pay for these platforms? And again, I'm going to add another caveat in there. You have to think of this as an investment. If you're not making a return on the money that you're spending on an ESP, whether that's monthly or annually, then there's something real, really, really, really fucking wrong because you should be making a return on it. So regardless of whether it's costing you 10 quid a month or 100 quid a month, you should be sending out enough emails if you need some ideas. I've got you. Don't worry about that. Um, you should be sending out enough emails, enough sales messages, enough offers, all of that kind of usual jazz to make that money back and more and so much more. So something, some things to bear in mind. A lot of them will um, charge you based on how many contacts or subscribers that you have. So Uh, how big your list is. Also bear in mind that each platform annoyingly tends to use different terminology. So some will call them subscribers, some will just say your list, some will call them contacts, all generally mean the same thing. 
Um, so things to bear in mind, how many contacts you've got. If you're just starting out, great, you're in a good position. If you've got six and a half thousand subscribers, you're going to see quite a significant difference in price. And so when it comes to price, have a think about not just now, where you're at right now, think long term. So one of the things about ESPs is that, as we've already established, there's hundreds and hundreds of options. And it's not impossible to change platforms. It can be a bit of a ball ache. I wouldn't want to do it every month. So don't just think about picking a platform for for where you're at right now. Think about the longevity of it in terms of everything. How much is it going to cost when you grow your list? How much is it going to cost in a year's time, in two years time, so that you don't have to keep moving? And then some platforms will base it on how many sends, how many email sends that you do a month as well. So generally speaking, some of them will do this for the lower cost offers. So for example, Clavio and MailerLite do this on their lowest tier priced is that the right phrase I'm not sure I feel like I've lost words today which is not good (laughs) on their lowest tier priced options so for example Clavio they're free for up to 250 contacts and 500 cents a month so if you had 250 contacts you could only send those 250 contacts two emails in one month for absolutely nothing I'm not being funny If you've just listened to that and thought, oh, I can't do that, 250 people, if you can't sell them something, if they're on your list and it costs you nothing to send them an email, tell me another platform, tell me another marketing channel that you can do that because they're already on your list at this point. So they've shown an interest. They're interested in your products, your brand, your business, your services, whatever you're selling. And then that will enable you to go up to the next level. Um, MailerLite is a very similar kind of uh, position. So it's free for the first 1,000 subscribers and up to 12,000 cents. So you could email those people 12 times in a month for absolutely nothing. So of course, there are going to be some caveats to that. So, you know, they might have limited functionality. um, But generally speaking, I mean... I do have my personal preference. We'll get around to that in a minute. Generally speaking, all of these things, all of these platforms, all of these ESPs are built to do a thing, right? They're built to send send emails. So it's just about working out which one works for you. And brutal honesty, maybe a bit of a tough bitch lesson, not going to lie. The one that's going to work for you the most is the one that you're willing to invest time and energy in learning. And if you're not, it's the one that you're willing to pay somebody to do it for you. So as a bit of a caveat, I have started personally offering uh, email marketing done for you services. It's available to product-based businesses only. E-commerce product-based is kind of my jam. It's, It's what I know best. It's what I enjoy and love. And I will pop a link in the show notes if you're interested in that. But side note over. So let's go through another couple of platforms. What I like, what I don't like. So 
let's get Flowdesk out of the way. So, oh, I feel like this is going to be bitchy. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> I know so many people who have jumped on the bandwagon of Flowdesk. And now, when I started my business, I made a conscious dis- decision in myself to say, okay, if I'm going to teach this stuff, I'm... I can't I can't talk the talk and not walk the walk, you know? So I have changed email service providers every six months. Um, sometimes even shorter time spans uh, for the last two, two and a half years. And that's because I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys the most correct factual information that I can. And from experience, not from something I've read, not from an article, not from a blog post, not from somebody else's opinion. So let's talk about Flowdesk. Flowdesk is kind of the newest player in the game. And if you go on their website, it's currently $38 a month. There is no, um, caveat isn't the right word. I don't know what the right word is. There's no, uh, criteria for that, for that price. So it's $38 a month full stop. There is no, you know, minimum list size, maximum list size, send capacity, nothing. And essentially, after doing a bit of digging, it would appear that Flowdesk is very, very, very much still in beta. So because it is one of the newest players in the game, if you like, it's been created by a couple of people that are obviously in the industry. They've decided they like what they don't like, what they do like, and they've gone away to build it themselves. Build something that they've been looking for. And I'll be honest, you know, it's it's a pretty website. They design very pretty emails. But in terms of longevity, in terms of... Um, I guess the, the right word is their strategy. I just, I just don't like it. So I personally use Flowdesk. And as somebody that likes to you know, segment a lot of my emails, send a lot of personalization, uh, have the functionality to be able to, you know, swap in content based on users' behaviors, all of that kind of stuff. To you, that might feel like that's a bit far. It's a bit much and a bit kind of further than where you're at or what you would like to do when it comes to email. You feel like you might not have time for it. And I get that. That's absolutely fine. We're all different, as I say. But for me, Flowdesk just really lacked the capability of being able to do anything special. It feels like a very kind of, yes, you can put an email together. Yes, you can kind of segment people um, and you can create different lists and you can kind of personalise, but it was nothing special. It felt very much like I'm just going to put an email together and send it out to everyone. And let me tell you, it might feel like that's kind of tick. That's your checkbox. That's done. And I get it. And if, you know, email is new to you and overwhelming and all that kind of stuff, then I really genuinely do get it. But it's only going to get you so far. When it comes to wanting to make some serious money from email and it being a real key part of your marketing strategy that it's just not it's just not enough it's not sufficient and I think one of the things that really put a sour taste in my mouth actually was that 
there have been a couple of quote-unquote big names I'm not going to name anybody because who knows you know <laughs> I'm not down for legalities and lawyers and stuff that is not my ball but there's been a couple of big names that have actively gone out of their way to promote it you know they'll run a challenge and they'll say get half price flow desk subscription um forever and you know if flow desk is your platform of choice I'm not throwing any shade at you whatsoever just go and google uh, half price code for flow desk there are hundreds of them flying about um so you'll get it for 19 dollars a month which works out about 14 15 quid a month so that's what i did um but yeah so one of the things that had put a bit of a sour taste in my mouth is that there were some big names that were actively promoting it telling you know all of these small businesses to go and use it but these people don't actually use flow desk themselves so kind of going back a bit to that point of I have to walk my walk <laughs> and talk my talk I just oh I couldn't I can't promote something that I don't necessarily use and like I wouldn't recommend it to any clients that I want to work with and it's not just it's the kind of the entirety of it so it's you know it's okay on personalization but it's not that intuitive or that clever it's okay with segmentation, but it's it's not quite good enough. And you know, integrations, if, if you're a product-based business, one of the things that I do a lot with my clients is working out on automations and being really smart with them based on people's behaviors, um, purchase patterns, products that they've bought after purchase, um, you know, sending out a review email, that kind of thing. The integrations with Flowdesk is abysmal it's just not even worth it trying to link it to wordpress shopify i think it it now links with shopify you can't link it to wordpress without something like zapier so another thing that you have to add and it just feels so so clunky and so for me the only upside of flowdesk is that there is no criteria for the low cost the low monthly cost it sends pretty emails I would question whether they are accessible emails. So if that's something that's important to you, then yeah. But that's my personal opinion on Flowdesk. So let's move on very, very quickly. I feel like I've covered MailChimp. MailChimp, as I said, uh, was the OG. Um, But I just kind of feel like they've tried to do way too much. They've become you know, all the things for all the people and therefore the platform itself is just really clunky. It's not very nice to use and yeah, not a fan. Um, In terms of not a fanness, then Flowdesk is at the bottom. I'll be brutally honest. Uh, next up we have, <laughs> should we do a drum roll and get more onto a uh, positive motion? So next up we have, duh, 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 let's go for Clavio. I fucking love Clavio with a passion. So if you have a website on Shopify, Clavio should be 100% hands down, could not recommend enough. Clavio should be your ESP. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. It's so intuitive. It's so incredibly clever in terms of using um, artificial intelligence and being able to kind of give you hints and give you kind of little tips around this is how much this person should spend in their lifetime or you know 
thinking about when to send people the perfect email and getting really, really specific with messages, it's so clever. The only downside to Clavio for me is that it can get very, very spenny very, very quickly. So, as I mentioned previously, it is free. Uh, they do have a free plan for up to 250 contacts and 500 cents. So that's only two emails a month. So if you've got any kind of automation, you're already screwed because we're not, come on, we're not going to send people two emails a month, let's be honest. So then the next kind of tier up, which is obviously their lowest cost after the free, is 500 contacts but unlimited sends. So if you've got a really small list, you can email them as many times as you want, have as many automations, all of that kind of stuff. And that's $20 a month, which works out at about 14, 15 quid. So I don't think that's too bad. And then the next jump up is up to a thousand contacts and that's 30 US dollars, which is about 21, 22 quid. So at this point, I just want to go back to that cost versus investment malarkey. <laughs> because for me, if you have 1,999 contacts in your email list, it's in a platform like Clavio, you're selling products on, let's say for argument's sake, Shopify, and it's costing you $30. If you can't make that $30 back by emailing 900 people, we've got some real big problems and I would like you to DM me because it just feels impossible for that to even be a thing. You don't need to have six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand subscribers for you to be able to make money off a thirty thirty dollar investment, a twenty quid investment a month for emailing them. And at that point, I just want to kind of flip it onto asking you a really deep rooted, genuine question. How much time are you spending on Instagram? How much time are you spending worrying about what you're gonna post on social media that if you were to put a price against your time, if you were to pay yourself an hourly wage, would it equate to more than 21, 22 quid a month? I could only probably guess it would. So if you spent that time driving people to an email list that you were paying 21 or 22 pounds a month for and you could make that back tenfold with one email? <sighs> Run over. Anyway, so Clavio, if you're using Shopify, highly recommend. Uh, next up, I just wanted to add it to the list because I'm all about transparency and I know people are fucking nosy. I am. So I personally use ActiveCampaign. It's what I switched from Flowdesk to. Brutal honesty. Again, ActiveCampaign can be quite spenny, but for me, it's actually really, really good right now. Uh, I think from, you know, personal use. So I'm now emailing my list up to five times a week. There is an option to receive my emails three times a week or five times a week. So it's only Monday to Friday. Uh, again, I will pop a link in the show notes if you want to sign up to those where you just get a bit more of an insight into personal lessons, um, books that I'm reading, articles that I've read. I'm just sharing my brain with you. Anything that kind of crops up, questions that I get in the DMs. You're the first to kind of hear about any new services, workshops, challenges, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so their plans, there isn't a free plan with ActiveCampaign. Uh, their lowest plan is $15 a month 
and that's for up to 500 contacts. And then if you bump up to a thousand contacts, it's $29 a month. But the thing for me with Active Campaign, and this I feel like this is gonna now that I'm coming to say it, it feels quite contradictory, is that it does more than just your bog standard emails. So like I say, it feels a little bit contradictory because of what I've said about MailChimp. However, it's a lot more intuitive. It's a lot less clunky in terms of using it as a human being. And, you know, there's a whole kind of CRM integrated with it. So for service-based businesses, it's great. You can set kind of pipelines, um, create automated emails, integrate it with your invoicing system, all of that kind of stuff. I personally really like it, but as I say, it can get quite spenny quite quickly. Um, I haven't used it for a product-based business, so I only have the experience of using it as a service-based business, as a personal brand. But I actually really like it. (laughs) I really do like it. So I will keep you updated on that, but I do really like it. So last, but by absolutely no means least, and probably the one that everyone's going to go, ah, yes, is MailerLite. I could not do this podcast and not mention MailerLite. So for me, MailerLite is what MailChimp used to be. And it's because it's almost been built for startups, for small businesses, for the one-man band that, you know, doesn't have the time and energy to go and learn all these platforms and do all of this stuff. However, it's so, as a platform, as a as a user, when you look at their website, when you're kind of working your way around it, it's not difficult to understand. Does that make sense? I feel like when you log into kind of something like MailChimp, there are so many different terms, so many buttons, so many things you could do, but you don't know where to look and you don't know where to start. MailerLite is just so much cleaner, so much easier to use. And from a personal aspect, it's very intuitive in... I don't know know how to explain it. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so they have a free plan that is free for the first 1,000 subscribers or 12,000 sends. So you can send them 12 emails a month. And their next one, their next kind of level up is $10 a month, which just changes that uh, 12,000 cents to unlimited. So it could cost you $10 a month. And I think for the functionality compared to all the others, it goes a long, a long way. Do you know what I mean? So it's really easy to integrate with all other platforms, your WordPress, your Shopify, all of that kind of stuff. And it's just a really easy, nice place to start. Their templates, their template builder, their campaign builder, all of it. It's just so easy to use, crisp, clean. And if you are just starting out, if you have no list whatsoever, then it would probably be my number one recommendation. Because I just think it's kind of the lower end of the price spectrum. It's an easy introduction into email marketing. And actually, you know, it has a lot more functionality than something like Flowdesk, which just to me seems nuts. Because yes, you can get Flowdesk for, you know, a fixed price forever. 
but they just don't allow you to do half the automations that something like even MailerLite can do. So for me, if you are just starting out, the answer to your question of what is the best email marketing service provider to use would be MailerLite. Now, another caveat. God, this episode has been full of caveats. This is probably my problem of not writing any kind of script or bullet points because I've just gone off topic. But the one thing I will say is if you're going to take email marketing seriously, and of course I'm going to absolutely employ you to, then be prepared to move from MailerLite. So I don't personally think it's the best platform long-term. I don't think it's got all of the longevity, but you know, I quite like, I do really like it. So if you're just starting out, absolutely recommend MailerLite, but also be prepared to move. If you want to go feet first and go into all of the clever segmentation, automations, um, purchase patterns, all of that kind of thing, then my number one recommendation for that would absolutely be Clavio. Clavio is probably my favorite platform personally. And when I was moving from Flowdesk, I was weighing up Clavio and ActiveCampaign. And the thing with all of these platforms, and when you look at them, they've all kind of been designed, built by a certain type of person for a certain type of person. So, for example, one that I didn't include in this list is ConvertKit. Uh, I don't have any experience personally using ConvertKit, but I know a lot of my business pals do use it. And the biggest thing they say is that the campaign builder isn't very pretty and you kind of, it kind of feels a bit like hard work to create a pretty email campaign. But the the thing that I always remember about ConvertKit is that it was built for content creators. So that is their USP. It was built for people that create a lot of content. Clavio was built for product-based e-commerce businesses and they're so good at it. And, you know, just by me saying those two things, Clavio for e-commerce or product-based businesses and ConvertKit, convert stick my teeth back in, for content creators, it just kind of goes to prove that, to me, MailChimp is just not the one because they're just trying to be everything to everyone. And I just, yeah, I just don't like it. <laughs> So I am going to round off the episode there. So one of the things, I don't know if you, you will have been able to tell, but moving forward with the podcast, just a bit of an insight. So last week I didn't upload an episode. It was the second episode, second week that I've ever missed. And brutal honesty, I don't really feel any kind of way about it because I was incredibly tired, <laughs> incredibly drained. Um verging on burnout if I'm brutally honest and I just didn't have it in me and so I had a guest lined up she unfortunately pulled out um and I just didn't have the oomph in me to kind of sit down and put one of these episodes together but I'm okay about it uh I don't as I say I don't feel any way about it I feel a little bit miffed because I'm all about kind of consistency and all of that kind of stuff but at the same time it's just not worth absolutely killing yourself over so if you take nothing else away from this then take that uh secondly i have got a ton of incredible guests lined up one of the things that i have been thinking a lot about recently and journaling a lot about 
it's just taking bigger risks uh, in business, being a little bit more ballsy, sending the fucking email that just asks the question. The worst that they can do is say no. So I have been dropping quite a few people a message about being a podcast guest and the conversations are going to start varying quite dramatically as well. Uh, Just as a bit of an insight into what I'm talking about. So I've got a lady who to me feels like a bit like Wonder Woman. She seems to get a lot done but she's very much in the social media world. Got a lady coming to talk about confidence on camera. She's a photographer. Uh, One lady talking about mindset work and uh, the power of being really present and stopping to actually take stock of where you're at and your emotions and that kind of thing. One lady coming to talk about values and how, you know, to absolutely make sure that you're working in alignment with them. It's super duper important. And so the conversations are going to start to change a little bit. And there will still be solo episodes. But for me, and I'm brutal, 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 honestly, I'm quite scared about it. I don't know why. But I'm going to stop editing my podcasts. So from now on, there will very much be an intro, an outro, same little jingle at the end and the beginning. Uh, But I think having the conversation about values and absolutely aligning with them and living them transparency and authenticity is really important to me and I can't I'll hold my hands up I can't say that I've ever edited something out because I've thought oh I can't say that or that's too risky or whatever this is this is my podcast and I kind of feel a, a way about it that I can kind of say what the fuck I like because as long as I'm not hurting anybody offending anybody or you know just blatantly trying to piss somebody off or trying to get involved in legalities and lawyers and stuff I'm not about that life it's kind of it's my platform you know and I wanted to start a podcast because as you can tell I can talk for England I didn't particularly like writing but I'm working on that and I just want to help more people and the oh the word's gone (laughs) the popularity of podcasts has obviously risen quite a lot and I get it because we're busy and when you're out going for a walk or when you're in your office or you're packing orders whatever sometimes it's just nicer to put a podcast on and just kind of feel like you're you know not lonely you're not actually sat in a spare room talking to yourself like I am now um and sometimes that's just the best way And as long as I can kind of help somebody overcome something, answer some questions, make them feel less lonely, whatever it is, then it's it's good for me. And like I say, the editing that I've done before has never been taking out massive chunks of things or, you know, or I can't say that or I shouldn't say that or holding anything back. But I don't, I think people, I kind of feel like a lot of people underestimate how fucking long it takes for me to record edit schedule upload this podcast and I think a couple of weeks ago when I announced the email challenge for the first time if you don't follow me on Instagram then you might want to go and check it out but one of my during my personal branding photo shoot there was an image of me with my head down on the table and my middle finger in the air 
And it was the perfect time to use that image because somebody asked me why the challenge wasn't free. Like they were entitled for it to be free. And uh, personally, I don't really accept any kind of entitlement. I don't think any of us on this planet are entitled to anything. And it just cut fucking deep because I thought, actually, I produce a podcast every single week. It costs me money to put this podcast on. Currently... It's costing me 50, 60 quid a month. And to me, I, I you know, I, I do this for the love of it. I do it to help you. I do it to answer your questions. I, I don't make any money from it. If I was to start selling advertising space, I would make money from it. I don't really want to do that. It's not really my bag, you know? So when you think about it could take me, it's taken me four or five hours per episode previously and I just had to step back and reevaluate where I was spending my time, where it was most beneficial. And so I don't want to get rid of the podcast. I love doing it. I love the the messages I get afterwards. I love the conversations that it starts in my DMs and in my and in my inbox. I absolutely love it. And if these episodes help you, then please, please don't ever feel like you can't drop me an email, drop me a DM and just let me know what else you need no drama whatsoever. I don't, I don't know how to help you unless you tell me. But at the same time, I just had to reevaluate where my time is being spent. And actually, the fact that the editing was so minuscule anyway, I just made that decision that they're just not going to be edited from now on. And then the second part is that with my guests, I use a piece of software, I use a website called Squadcast, Uh, so that we can obviously talk at the same time and actually have a nice conversation rather than something like Zoom. And they have just, or I don't know if it's new actually, I might be talking shit there, but they, I've spotted recently that they have the option to record the video as well. So that I use that particular website because you can see each other while you're talking. I used to use one where you couldn't see each other, so you could only hear each other. Uh, And that used to cause a lot of kind of overlap in conversation, which caused a lot of editing. So with Squadcast, they now give you the option to upgrade your account and record the video as well. So moving forward, (laughs) and if you're listening to this and would like to be a guest and you've been thinking about approaching me and saying, can I be a guest on your podcast? Here's a heads up. I will be recording the audio and the video as well. So and not editing it. So, so, bit of a shocker for some people, but all my kind of future guests have been warned and prepared, and <laughs> I'm kind of excited for it. Um, so yeah, it just gives me another kind of medium. I know some people would like to kind of watch it instead of just listen to it. Some people, I had a really interesting conversation in a pub the other day. Uh, up in the Lake District because somebody said that they find it really weird that they can hear someone's voice and as if they're having a conversation with them but they don't like the fact that they can't see their face and their kind of their hand gesture I talk a lot with my hands um and their facial expressions and their body language and stuff like that and I was like but surely that's it's just like radio do you not listen to the radio (laughs) I can't I kind of couldn't get my head around it but yeah there's a bit of an insight for you 
you might be interested, you might not, you might have totally switched off and gone, oh, you're not not even bothered, but I thought I would keep you in the loop. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for the fact that I need to get over the kind of the perfection element of it has to be perfect and there shouldn't be any ums or any uh, tutting noises or any weird mouth noises because actually the content is the critical bit. And until I'm at a point where (laughs) I don't have to work 40 hours a week or I don't have to do whatever and this is just purely fun for me, I just, it's not a good use of my time. So yeah, that's it from me. Uh, As I said at the beginning, if email marketing is something that you are looking to get more involved with, up your game with, then make sure you go and check out the email challenge. Tickets will be removed from sale this Friday, the 25th of June. We get started on Monday, the 28th of June. All of the details are on my website, lornascully.com. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, found it useful, enjoyed my ramble, the insight, whatever, then please, please drop me a DM, share it on Instagram. I will share them all back. And until next week, take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.